Welcome to the Vacant to Vacation podcast. We are here to help you invest in properties. Real estate business and design. Now you can make a lot of money doing this. We're your people. (laughs) (laughs) Hello everyone. Welcome to the Vacant to Vacation podcast. I'm Connor Ashley. And I'm Carla Chavez. And we are Carla and Connor. God, you, oh, the mother-son real estate and design duo. That's us. At least you fucked up this time. (laughs) Because you're talking way louder now, so now I have to change the levels a little bit. Okay, sorry that I'm inflecting too high. Whatever, I'm going to leave it. Alrighty, so um, we're going to start with our early check-in, as usual. Early check-in. Ding dong. (laughs) Yep, early check-in. Ding dong. So we're going to be talking about the best and worst parts of last week. Uh, Why don't you take it away? What was the best and worst parts? Oh, well, you know, best parts. um, Really, you only have bad shit here. There's no, nothing good. (laughs) So does that mean nothing good happened last week? But um, we actually had a sort of a negative situation occur at one of our properties because the HOA at this particular uh, loft in Denver is changing their HOA rules. And they literally said, we have to stop allowing short-term rentals now. And we thankfully were able to negotiate out to at least finish what we had on the books because, you know, as you guys know, you sh- it's a no-no to cancel any reservation. And so it was really in our best interest to negotiate with them. And in order to do that, we agreed to take parking pass away from our guests. And so our guests no longer have a free parking spot, which was part of the uh, package when they booked with us. Yeah, it was basically a huge issue because we had all these reservations and had promised them all a parking spot. It's in the middle of the city. You need a place to park. Oh, well, now they want to take away the parking and now they don't want to allow short-term rentals at all. So we negotiated allowing us to continue through July in exchange for uh, no parking. So we lost parking on that place. Yep. That was a cluster because we had to message every single guest, let them know about the situation, offer them to cancel, giving them a full refund. I think we only had one person who we had one to person a took, refund. took us up on that however we've already received not such a great review because yep. of the parking situation so they were unhappy with that which um we're gonna actually talk about next and that actually might be a good segue into um the next section of our early check-ins when you do have to leave a bad review um what does that look like did we spend enough time on the first part? I mean, I I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, essentially, what we're going to be doing is after July, we're going to be turning it into a 30-plus day rental. Uh, we do that through traveling nurses, uh, corporate rentals, corporate executives, different things like that to try to get people in there longer term, um, but still being able to charge a higher than market rent because we're furnishing it and we're allowing shorter terms than a full-year lease. Exactly. So we, we're calling it more now of a corporate rental situation. It has to be at at least 30 plus days they could do it as low as 30 days we're hoping the HOA is going to continue to buy into that uh, model okay we'll see um, we've had some interest with people going um, you know a couple of months to three months to six months and I'm sure the HOA would prefer that however um, we frankly <laughs> we got to make money and the HOA is uneducated they obviously don't have anyone teaching them what is in fact raising their property values and I can assure you banning Airbnb and short-term rentals from the building is not going to help their property values in fact it's going to hurt it because 
people that travel would never want to buy there. Um, mm-hmm. Because why would they? <laughs> if yeah. you can't Airbnb it while you're gone and at least cover some of your expenses, forget it. I'm going to go somewhere that can. Um, so it, uh, it's an unfortunate situation. They were not very um, receptive to hearing our feedback. So we, we got to go with the flow. That's all you can do. And um, we're going to start turning it into a 30-plus day rental as of August 1st. We've already had some interest in that. Um but again, the parking situation put us in a, a real bind with our guests, and uh, we know we've got some unhappy guests, uh, and probably we'll have some unhappy guests over the next month or so, yeah. because it is tough to find a spot in downtown Denver. Just the most important thing to remember is that in these situations that are out of your control, do not go canceling every guest. They need to initiate the cancellation on their end in these types of situations. Otherwise, I mean, if we had to cancel... 10, 20 guests, I mean, we'd be, you know, effectively banned from Airbnb. I mean, they don't want to see that from a host. So just make sure you're not canceling these reservations, but offering to give them full refunds and work with them if they can cancel the reservation. Yep, exactly. So um, there's th- there's ways you can go about to have the guest do the cancellation for you so you don't get penalized. And not just banned from Airbnb because you would had so many, because things do happen, but it, it can impact your search rankings. Just yeah. a couple of cancellations can do that. And so um, avoiding a cancellation at all costs is really best practice um, for Airbnb, but again, allowing, and I think it's it's really best to let the guests decide what they can and cannot live with. There's right. going to be situations where you're forced to cancel, like a water leak. We had a water leak occur in one mm-hmm. of our units, mm-hmm. and we absolutely, I mean, you can't, when there's a foot of water uh, on the ground inside your condo, you can't host a guest there. But and- in those situations, I mean, Airbnb is understandable, and if you call them and provide them with proof, pictures of the water, pictures of the issue, and if it's something completely beyond your control, then they will often cancel these guests no penalty to you because they understand the situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, but again, avoiding that cancellation at all possible or at least describing what occurred to le- that led to the need to cancel um, and, sh- and pro- providing proof, and they're usually okay with that. So let's move into uh, leaving uh, and or getting bad reviews. Well, yeah, just for this one. So I, I think about a couple of weeks ago, we had a guest stay at one of our properties. They didn't follow any of our checkout instructions, and they're very, very simple. It's like, oh, hey, please gather your towels. Please gather your trash. You know, just very simple stuff. And again, we keep our cleaning fees so low, so we do ask more of our guests upon checkout um, to create, you know, a budget-friendly property. And they essentially checked out with glitter and confetti all over the place. It was in every single room, littered all across the floor, all across the walls, On all over every the furniture. Bed. Yeah. And um, meanwhile, they message us about an hour later and say, oh, hey, sorry, we weren't able to complete any of your checkout instructions. We had to go to the mountains. Yeah, we had to go to the mountains at 11. I'm like, yeah, everyone has to leave at 11. That's what our checkout time is. Right. It's 11 <laughs> o'clock. I mean, you're no different than anyone else. Yeah. So... Um, so and, you, and confetti and glitter's tough, too. It's yeah. not like, you know, it's one thing not to gather your towels. It's one thing to leave dirty dishes in the sink. But confetti everywhere, literally in every area rug, in every sheet, comforter, blanket. Uh, it was a real nightmare uh, to get cleaned up. So in these situations where you know you're going to have to leave a bad review... Oftentimes, the guests can sort of sense it coming mm-hmm. um, just because of the interactions. You know, it's pretty easy to tell when you're going to get a bad review or when you're going to give a bad review. And people, 
you know, can sense that. So in these situations, what well, we like to do... because essentially it's anything, if something goes wrong at all, right. you pretty much are at risk for a potential less than perfect review. Right. End of story. So in these situations, we choose not to review until the very last minute or unless they write us a review. Because what happens with Airbnb reviews is when you write a review, they get an email that said, oh, hey, they just wrote you a review but you can't see it until you write your review. And so everyone goes and writes a review. So we don't want to prompt anybody to write us a bad review, right? Correct. So we sort of let it go, let it go, let it go. And then... We're also delaying the appearance of their bad review during that same time frame, which if we get guests that... Because the reviews post onto your page in order of reservation, in order of stay, essentially. So the last person to leave, the last person to leave a review is the one at the very top of your list. And so if we can get a few... Um, people in between the bad guest or the one we're going to leave the bad review on and you know the bad review actually hitting which it's 14 days um, it will go live either way whether you Mm -hmm. review them or they review you if one person reviewed it'll go live it'll go live 14 days later and the other person at that point has doesn't have the you know, you can't leave a review past 14 days. So we were planning on not leaving her review until the very last second in hopes that she wouldn't leave us a review, but we still thought it was necessary for people to know that she was disrespectful and uncleanly and all of these things. Um, Then I saw an email that said she wrote a review. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll delay it a little bit more because I figured it was going to be a bad one and I want it to be on the second or third page of the reviews. And I want to have some more stays in between with some more good reviews before I accept her bad review by writing her a review. So I waited until the last day after I saw her come through with her review. And I wrote her scathing review. I mean, it was so bad. You didn't even run it by me, so I haven't even seen it. (laughs) It was so... I was basically like, I would not host this woman again. Um, they were completely, I mean, I didn't make up lies, you know, you, you, you need to stick to the facts. You know, I said, I would not host her again. She, uh, littered our property with confetti and glitter, which took our cleaners an absurd amount of time to clean up. She then, she didn't complete any of our checkout information and then, um, basically told us that it's because our, she didn't have enough time to. So I said, I would not host her again. Sorry. And sometimes I'll say like, oh, I would not host you again unless you change these things. For I was like, no, I'm not hosting you again. Then, and her stars were pretty bad. Everything was a five star except the cleanliness. I think I left a two star. Okay. So that brings her down to like a three. And I think we were one of her first reviews. And I, and they ask you, do you want to recommend this guest to other hosts? And I said, no. And essentially, hosts can decide when they're setting up their listing. Oh my God, the fucking guy. I'm going crazy. Uh, they can decide when they create their listing. If they want to accept guests who have not been recommended or who have been recommended. Or they need to have two positive reviews Correct. under their belts or whatever. Um, you can set it up various ways. But anyway, so needless to say, she likely will have some trouble getting booked in the future. Are you good? I lost my shoe. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, shoe problem. So she will uh, have some trouble getting uh, accepted as a guest in the future. And so right when I wrote the review, I saw hers come through, and it was a glowing all-five-star. Had such a lovely time in this amazing property. Thank you so much. 
always makes you feel horrible when that occurs but it also is it's it's unfortunate because i believe the review system is designed to pit host and guest against one another um and it's really more of a pass fail system it's not a true review system because we get kicked off if we fall below 4.7 or much below 4.7 4.6 we risk being deactivated we start getting emails from them saying your reviews are too low or whatever and that's that's not a good feeling and when you're still upwards between four and five like in my opinion a three would be an average stay and I think a lot of people think this way a three is an average stay and a five is a perfect stay um and a one is less than perfect stay well you know again that's pretty basically the way Airbnb sees it is a five is good and anything else is failing and that's it there's only really two options and it's unfortunate because for hosts um a 4.5 4.6 4.7 is still a really great property is still a really great reputation especially if they have multiple reviews under their belts and those properties with lower star ratings you don't see them as frequently because they get pushed to the page 10 page 11 of the search results so you know they're getting less than um priority seo on airbnb lots of lots of reasons (laughs) you know one thing we learned about reviews and the review system very early on was basically um you will get guests that want a refund for whatever reason a partial refund or a full refund and that review might potentially um you know, be bad if you don't. Well, that's a number one extortion. And if you get them to write that down, you can absolutely get that review removed. However, we've learned that if you're going to get a bad review, you'd rather keep their money and get the bad review than give their money and still get a bad review, period. You don't want to do both. And so, um, but just be real careful with your refunds. Um, we're not very generous when it comes to refunds. I think we're fair, but we're not yeah. generous. Um, and I, I feel like I'd rather have their money and get the bad review than not have their money and get their bad review. Yep. Period. There you go. Um, alrighty. Okay. So um, one of our uh, real estate investors that we work with, he has a duplex in the Wash Park area. Um, he has some, uh, I guess, some tenants that aren't great. They leave the house in really bad condition. They are, um, you know, not paying rent on time. You know, it's just an all around not great situation. And so what he offered was for us to help uh, renovate the property and design it. And then um, offered for me to actually reside in it. Um, So essentially what's going to be happening is where I'm living now, I won't be living there anymore. And I'll be living in one of his properties and running the Airbnbs that come with that. Um, but that's going to take a long process, probably about two months to just get in there and renovate the property with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it works out as a good scenario because I'll be living on site. Yep. It's a win-win. Stairs and a downstairs. The downstairs has a full kitchen uh, with a bathroom and a couple of bedrooms, completely functional. What we actually do is we basically just block off the upstairs from the downstairs and you got sort of like two little units right there. So it works out pretty well. And especially if I'm going to be living in one of the units, then I still have some privacy from the guests. Yep. Um, so anyway, so we got things moving and shaking over there. Um, you know, we're doing some renovations, going to be renting some things out. Um, it's going to be a lot more extensive of a renovation than I think we ever really thought. Um, but of course, once you get a contractor in there, they point out things that you would have missed. 
Um, so we'll keep you updated on that as that occurs. It's going to be over the next probably two to three months. Yep. Um, so let's you know on that. Um, so the next thing is this new sort of thing that Carla uh, thought would be a good idea for our cleaners, and I think it's great, is sort of our deep cleaning schedule that we've implemented. What we were finding is that you oftentimes get to a property, and yes, some guests are much dirtier than uh other guests however when a place hasn't been deep cleaned in a while you know and that doesn't mean even if it's right after a dirty dirty guest um you can tell and so i really just felt like um every time i was on site i was doing a deep cleaning everywhere i went no matter what and and it takes me hours and hours and hours and granted i'm probably slow and um, but, but I, I felt as though we really need to put, because then we all know the floor should have been done on this day at this unit. Um, and we're all on the same page myself, you, our cleaners, we're yeah. all on the same page. And I think that's really the, the biggest benefit is we're all going to be on the same page. So we know what was done and when, when I think that people maybe don't understand that when you're doing a turnover, you know, you have a such a limited amount of time that you're not doing a deep clean. And I don't know, unless you have one property that you manage, your Airbnb house isn't it doing a deep clean every time they're there. There are certain spots that they do every single time. And what we were finding is that those times were taking longer and longer because the place was getting dirty and dirtier and not getting deep cleaned as frequently as it probably should have. Yep. So we implemented this new deep cleaning so that the turnovers in general go faster. For everybody. So mm-hmm. when you're on site, not just for me, but for everybody, because yeah. it goes way more smoothly when the the floors were scrubbed just a few days prior and the windowsills were scrubbed just a few days prior and the underneath the refrigerator was, you know, all of that, everything else goes much more smoothly. And again, we're all on the same page. Yeah. So Sunday night now, we basically text out to our cleaners saying, here's this week. And we try and find days where there are lighter turns, meaning there's only two or three mm-hmm. turns happening Versus a day where there's five, six, or seven turns happening. On the days where there's only two or three, we're saying this one, we obviously, while you're there, you have the extra time to deep clean. And here's the yeah. deep cleaning list. So we're providing a list. These items get done on a deep clean day at this unit. Um, and we're going to do one or two units every single week. And that'll rotate through. Hopefully, we'll get through most of the units within a, every six-ish, eight weeks six or so. Six to eight weeks, yeah. That's the goal. Um, and it's not like they were dirty before, but it's just, you know, it's the deep cleaning things that even guests don't necessarily notice. Like the dust on the ceiling yep. fan. Or the outside windowsill or, um, I don't know, like the fridge oftentimes needs a good, you know, scrub down or the stove at the bottom of it, the you know, stuff like that, that maybe you're not checking every single time. But it builds up after time. Yeah, one crumb in a drawer isn't a big deal, but 10 crumbs in a drawer starts to look messy. And 10 crumbs happens over two weeks or, you know, two months or whatever. Exactly, exactly. So we just did that. So hopefully the turnovers go a little bit smoother. I know we're getting into our busy season right now. So essentially... The more smoothly they can go, the better. Yeah, because we have so many also most days. I mean, there will be a day or two in between where we have two or three, but all the other days are five, six, seven turnovers. And, you know. You've got to get in and get out yeah. fast mm-hmm. on days like that. And so if it's already deep cleaned, you know, within the last couple of weeks, then it's going to go a lot quicker. Yep. So uh, we're doing that. We will let you guys know how that works out. It's working out so far. Uh, we did a couple of deep cleans this week. So we'll see what happens. See yeah. what happens. Um. Oh, so this was something you told me about on your forum on Facebook. 
Yep, I'm a part of all these forums, and one of the good things about joining these forums, there's many good things. There's lots of learning that happens. You can ask questions. Um, you can search the posts for your questions. So if you have a question, just you know, I'm sure someone else has had that question. You can search mm -hmm. for that. But honestly, it's also sort of like a uh, moving dynamic beast, and these hosts are out there, and they recognize something or see something, and so they alert all the other hosts. So for instance, this yeah. week, somebody posted and said, hey, there's – a new update that happened in Airbnb, and we want to let you know about it. So what? essentially, um, what happened was this woman said, basically, a lot of her properties that were whole home properties were switched to private bedroom properties. And if you don't know the difference, it's basically just you either get the whole house, some people rent out a bedroom, you know, etc. And so a lot of her... Ooh, sorry about that, everyone. Pecos is ready. That was our cleaner, just letting us know that uh, one of our properties is ready. I got to um, go over there. Yeah, yeah, grab it. Uh, oh, you got to go over where? And swap laundry out again. Oh, okay. Um, That's why I told that lady that I can't promise it will happen today. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so anyway, so it was affecting the type of listing. Her properties were moving from a whole home to a you know, private bedroom. And obviously that is a big issue. Um, so I immediately went on all of our properties and checked and none of them were affected. But if you're a host, I mean, I would definitely check on that to make Absolutely. sure. And there's little things that either Airbnb may, intentionally makes a change or they do something and it glitches the system. Mm -hmm. And so it, again, and I always screenshot it, show it to Connor and say, hey, you might want to look at this just to see because if suddenly our bookings start to drop off because they're seeing shared bedroom or they're only getting a private bedroom that would that would be reason to suspect okay something's going on yeah. and um and again we just like to stay more proactive versus you know I don't want bookings to get minute, affecting yeah. and then we say what's going on I'd rather stay on top of it yeah um yeah, I mean, otherwise, you got your new teeth here, I see. I <laughs> did. That, that really is what my week was. Unfortunately, it was a lot more work than I had thought. I went on, um, was it Wednesday, I guess, to uh, finalize some of the dental work. I still have a long way to go. Dental work is so extensive and long, mm. but um, my week pretty much has been back and forth to the dentist uh, this week, so yeah. I didn't really do a whole lot else other They're than deep white. clean thank you They're um, blinding one of our you gotta wear my sunglasses on Monday. Mm, yeah <laughs> it is they are white so um hopefully i can get the bottom teeth to match that <laughs> <laughs> yeah after a couple of bleach treatments we'll see yeah it should Alrighty, so that's it for our early check-in. Um, now we're going to go on to our Tuesday tip. Tuesday tip I time. Don't Tuesday tip time. No, don't think that's our jingle. I love it. I think it's a great jingle. Okay. Um, oh, so this is about... Oh, I'm just slamming that. Oh, so uh, this is about all of the furniture and furnishing your Airbnb properties. Um, one thing is it says... Um, it's to your benefit to really sort of begin to keep your eyes out and stockpile small, light, nimble, and flexible pieces of furniture. Uh, it took us a while to figure out what that means because we were always like, freeze free, you know, mm -hmm. and let's go grab the heaviest piece of, you know, 
crap we can get because it's free but we yeah. very quickly realized that oh we got to move that piece of crap um and we got to move it from storage unit to airbnb to you know another back airbnb to back, back to storage yeah. so um we started realizing that staying really nimble and light and uh like flexible pieces of furniture so for instance end tables end tables are like our favorite thing mm-hmm. because you can use an end table as a nightstand you can use an end table as an end table yeah. you can use two end tables pushed together as a coffee table you can there's so many things you can do with end tables and they're generally light they're they're mm-hmm. easy to move one person can i do mean it. tables are great end tables are great uh chairs are great if they're light uh bar stools different things like that you know and what we're doing is we're constantly on craigslist we're constantly on the next door app we're constantly on facebook marketplace looking for these free items that are light and nimble and we're gonna pick them up either way whether we need them for a new property or not we're gonna pick them up yep and we pick them up now and we have a storage unit we just throw it in the storage unit because we know at some point we're going to either need it because we're going to be opening a new property or inevitably someone will break something in we it's always mm-hmm. nice to be able to run to your storage unit and grab another bar stool because somebody you know got drunk yeah. and broke it yeah i mean i'd say that the furniture uh will occasionally break in airbnbs maybe more frequently um than if you yourself were using them but again if you're using you know inexpensive nimble light things then you can just run to the storage unit like she said and grab it and no, no sweat. You know, uh, what you don't want to happen is for them to break something. And now you're out for a week having to buy or order that from Amazon. You know, exactly that, um, that you, you, you want to minimize and avoid downtime as mm-hmm. much as possible. Because again, that's when cancellations start to happen. Because if you've promised something that in your amenity list, like you have a three bedroom, three bathroom house, they're going to expect a three bedroom, three bathroom house mm-hmm. and a bed in each of those rooms, whatever the bed setup is. Yeah. And if somebody breaks one of those beds, you got to be able to get another bed in there fast and it's important too in your budgeting uh, to have a little bit of money set aside specifically for furniture and furniture replacements because this does happen more often than not and at one of our properties we actually had a twin trundle bed it's a twin on top with another twin that you pull out from below um, it was given to us for free and our guest broke it. It, it over time it it didn't just happen overnight but over no. time it was you know an older bed and it broke and we didn't have a twin trundle bed in no. our storage unit um, luckily that's where Amazon Prime comes in really great is because you get it in two days um, but again we had to pay for that and it was a I think it was what, 120 bucks or so couple hundred bucks um, i think but yeah it, it it actually what what's nice too is like we were able to secure the twin trundle the broken twin tr- trundle enough to get us through one more guest days, yeah. um who had a couple night reservation and knowing that we had already ordered the amazon twin trundle to come and this one's metal so it'll be less likely for it to break um and and got it you know in there within in a turn during yeah. a turn mm-hmm. we did it a couple yeah. of hours um and just remember so whenever you're budgeting have that furniture replacement in your budget um as one of your expenses because it will happen and just when you're going you know throughout your day keep checking on craigslist browsing um and just see if there's anything valuable that you could find and stockpile for later yeah absolutely uh oh i wanted to talk about that couch we had to replace in rustic the little love seat yep um so this was a love seat that we purchased because it's a smaller living room I'd say right? oh, yeah. it's got a Very funky small. little funky and and little. it's got a funky like um, wall cutout kind of mm-hmm. in it, which makes it really challenging to furnish. 
So we had to get a specific sized love seats to sort of fit in there, um, but we were finding that it wasn't the best quality. It was a little bit cheaper, and it was just like two people were trying to sit on it, and it wasn't really for two people, um, even though it's a love seat. I mean, I couldn't fit two of me on it. <laughs> um, I don't think we could even fit on uh -huh. it. Maybe like two skinny people could. Yeah. Um, we also, when we put it together, and at the time we didn't know this but when we put it together there there was it was there was sort of a problem with it, it yeah. the back didn't stay um stay tight on it and so we had to lean it against the wall remember mm -hmm. and i had yes, a little sign yes. that said use this only against the wall to get so so the back side of this little love seat had some support but so we knew it probably wasn't going to last right. forever but it got us started and did work for a while actually longer than i had thought yeah i think it was like six months or so mm -hmm. and what we did instead and this is just something you know we didn't again we didn't have a love seat just in our uh, stockpile those are heavier things we don't normally keep heavier things um, but we were able to find a good solution and for smaller spaces you don't always need a couch you don't always need a love seat no uh, what we did was we found these two sort of accent chairs mm -hmm. and they're sort of like rounded you know with like what do you cozy-ish feel yeah. to it yeah hard to say what they're the sort of like rounded back chairs so you're sort of snugly in there yep um so we got two of those and then we got this really awesome sort of red vintage tin foot stand kind yeah of. yeah like a um, little ottoman kind yes, of yep. ottoman. um so you know that really i think it actually looks better than the love it seat ended up did. looking better than the love seat ever did and i think functioning better as yes. well it's more comfortable makes sense given the space um, we already had two accent chairs in there um, but with these additional two, you can seat four people in there on chairs. Exactly. Know. And everyone's got their own chair. Yes. Um, so again, maybe it's just about reworking the space. Maybe you need a really small love seat, but if that's not going to be functional, then get two chairs, you know, two really nice cozy chairs, um, you know, for your, your guests to chill out in. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out um, really well. Alrighty. So, um, this is our next segment called the turnover tell all turnover tell all um, we're gonna be talking about house hacking and how that can wait, apply i don't think this is right what is the turnover tell all all about i forgot not this specific one what is the turnover tell all i forgot i don't know because you made all this shit up and... <laughs> let me check because i think that was supposed to be the tuesday tip was it not it's right here on my notes. Let's see, folks. There was one called House Hacking, and I thought it was its own thing. I no, no, think. it's not its own thing. But let me just look here. Video slash podcast. Oh, boy, folks. We are really professional today. I cannot find it. Looks like it's gone. Yeah, I saw Oh, okay. I got it. I, I, yes, I understand. So the Tuesday tell all or turnover tell all. So the Tuesday tip is where we give tips about hosting or whatever. Uh, the turnover tell all is where we ask our viewers um, to submit questions. To submit questions, and we got a question. Um, I'm not gonna. Go, <laughs> I'm not gonna find their username, but I'm sure it's in there somewhere. 
Um, so what they were asking about is more info about house hacking, what it is, and how it can apply for Airbnb. So house hacking is a sort of millennial investing term that we're hearing a lot thrown around. Mm-hmm. Um Essentially, what it means is that you're getting a real estate investment property that you're living in while simultaneously renting out another portion of it uh, to supplement the mortgage or make yourself some income. Great. (laughs) Sounds good to me, which Um, is essentially what you're going to be doing with one of our homeowners, too. Yes, exactly. Uh So this is sort of how it ties in. you know, with what we're doing here. So the most common is to get into a multi-unit building and live in one of the units. Remember, if it's less than four units, it's uh, actually... Considered residential. Yes. Yep. And you can qualify for a lower down payment mortgage on that property. Um, but you have to live in it. If you buy a four unit, three unit, two unit complex, then you can live in one side and rent out all the others. Um And that's sort of, you know, you'll be owner-occupying that one unit to then rent out those to usually cover the mortgage, and then hopefully you can make a little bit of cash flow. And where that cash flow really comes in is with short-term rentals and Airbnb and things like that. If allowed by your city, if allowed by your HOA, you, you of course you want to check those things, but if it's allowed, it's absolutely, you're going to make, uh, and you're there. So that's yeah. the other thing, like cleaning it and maintaining it and doing those turnovers when you're there is a lot easier. Yeah. And you can set it up to where you're only turning on the days that you're available. Right. You know, you would just block your calendar accordingly. Even with long-term tenants, I mean, you're you're there. So if there's a maintenance issue or if something's happening or you can keep an eye on things, you know, see, you know, sort of what's happening. Make sure to keep an eye on your investment. And it's a really great way if you are there. Now, what happens if it's not a multi-unit building and it's a one-unit building? Well, you can rent out the bedrooms. Let's say you can't afford a duplex or a triplex, but you can afford a single family home. Well, you know, like a small, you know, two yeah. bedroom, one bathroom, Correct. single family home. Yep. Uh, what you can do is you can rent out a bedroom. This is still considered house hacking um, because they're in effectively paying off your mortgage for the house. And this is for re- part of the house, the Correct. part that they're using. Exactly. Right. And sometimes, especially if you're using it with Airbnb, then it can actually pay for your entire mortgage or, you know, a large portion thereof. Um, and this is where Airbnb comes in handy um, because you turn that bedroom into an Airbnb unit and you're making, you know, 70 bucks a night every single night you're there. Yep, exactly. Um, So there's a lot of different ways to do house hacking. It doesn't have to be a multi-unit building. Um, Now, you also don't have to buy a property to effectively house hack it. Really, you don't. Um, With Airbnb, um, what we sort of started doing and what's happening a lot now is people are moving into a rental property um with a separate rentable space and with their landlord's permission they're renting that separate space out on airbnb which then hopefully covers the entire rent or a large portion of it yep and sometimes uh, landlords will even give a discounted rent Mm -hmm. to the tenant um if they do the turnovers for the other space you know knowing that they're going to be airbnb and then everybody can sort of participate and benefit from that rental unit on the other side of the duplex or whatever but again we, we want to encourage you definitely get your landlord's permission and uh, what uh, check with regulations check with too. regulations city etc but you know all they can say is no that's yeah. it the worst that can happen is you find out oh no you can't do that big deal and one thing that i look for on craigslist for example when i'm looking for these properties is i'll type 
type an in-law unit, right? So you're looking for a house that has an in-law unit. And that in-law unit is where you can make most of your money with an Airbnb property. Um, but yes, just remember, you don't have to be buying these properties to be house hacking. You can essentially live rent-free if you find a landlord who's willing to do this for you. Exactly. Um, or at the very worst, reduced rent. Um and yeah. make a little. I mean, you know, again, there's so many different ways to package it, but it yeah. absolutely can help offset some of your living expenses. Mm-hmm. And I guess some of the pros when you uh, rent out a space is that you don't have to come up with a huge down payment. Um, you're not purchasing a property, so there's very little risk, right? You're not having this huge, um, you know, $500,000 liability. You're just renting the property, and you're going to get a similar cash flow as to if you owned that property. Mm-hmm. So if you get someplace with an in-law unit, um, whether you buy it or whether you rent it, you're going to be renting out that in-law unit and roughly making the exact same amount of money. Um, some of the cons are you want to read those off? Sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the benefits of owning your own property is you're always building equity in that property. So if that's almost a secondary stream of income for you over time, your investment should be growing and real estate most of the time shows that it grows. Um, So you wouldn't have that uh, benefit. The owner or landlord would be benefiting Mm -hmm. in that way. Um, You're not reaping any of the additional benefits that a homeowner would like tax uh, write-offs. You can write off your uh, mortgage insurance and your home homeowners insurance and things like that. Um, You're going to be on the hook for any damages uh, that your guests cause to the landlord. So, um, you know, you want to keep that in mind that they're going to still hold you accountable for with your security deposit, which is on the line uh, to make sure that, you know, the the home is returned to its original condition that they rented it to you in. And then, you know, it's time consuming. Renting uh, Airbnb, uh, it can be a lot more time consuming than doing uh, a a long-term rental. rental. Yeah. But just remember, you know, there, I, I, we get a lot of questions about house hacking and how to start when you have no money. Well, you don't have to, one of our biggest expenses is your house, Uh right? So if you're lowering that expense and saving the rest, that's a great way to start. And to do that, to house hack, you don't have to own it. You can rent it. So there are other options for you. Don't give up, you know, just find ways to save more money. And one of those is by house hacking. Yep. Um, so that is our, to turnover tell all turnover tell all <laughs> um but yeah no this keep is a those great thing. questions coming yeah keep keep the questions coming uh we'd love know, to answer them from on week instagram to week. whatever you know send them to us yep we're, we're screenshotting them all and making sure we we hit each one oh, all of them we are getting so many i mean we'll just have oh, to whatever. you'll have to wait to see if we get to yours <laughs> <laughs> we have them lined up well, so, so that's the benefit there you go your question will likely be answered <laughs> Right, because we have nobody. Exactly. There's nobody asking you questions. Okay. So. Um, okay. There was one question asked last week. You screenshotted it to me. Oh, about the... Yeah. That, yeah. We should talk about that coming up. No, but it wasn't about... It's not about this. It was a question for us personally. No, I think it was for this. I looked at it as this. We would absolutely... I think it could be a turnover tell-all. Okay. All right. Well, we'll look into that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. We do get uh, questions, folks. He's lying when he's acting we've like gotten we get like nothing. one. We've gotten one. <laughs> okay. Well, we have gotten another one that I didn't even show you, but oh. we'll get to that. Okay. Alrighty. So now we're gonna go to our media moment. Oh, 
this week was so fun, <laughs> media moments. Oh, yes. Uh, we uh, Did you guys see the Fox 31 Denver short-term rental couple in the illegal running short-term rental scheme? Yeah. They went to jail, and they had their mug shots on TV and everything. It was really exciting. Yeah, this was ridiculous. So I'm going to read the article here for you really quickly. Um, but anyway, and also they changed the title. Because it doesn't say the title, they took illegal out of the title. Because the title is Denver Couple Accused of Running Short Term Rental Scheme Using Airbnb. And they used to say Denver Couple Accused of Running Illegal Short Term Rental Scheme Using Airbnb. So they changed the title there. Um, but let's go through it. It's by Eric Rubble. What an awful name. Who are you? <laughs> oh, God. He's wearing flannel in his picture. Oh, I'll oh. have to check the picture out. I can't see it. From oh, here. Eric. Come on, dude. Do your research. This is not good. Alrighty. But ironically, so, even though Fox 31 was the one who broke the illegal scheme, all the news outlets were running it. Like Nine News had it. And oh, couple, were they really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yes, this they is all were it. it and it all happened. sounded and was worded the same way. Oh, God. All right. Well, a Denver couple is accused of illegally running a short-term rental scheme through Airbnb. They didn't need to add Airbnb in there. All right. Well, I'll just read it and then we'll keep going. The Denver District Attorney's Office said Tuesday that Alexander, I'm not going to say their names, that uh, this guy and this girl claimed two homes as their primary residences. However, prosecutors allege the couple was not living in either home and had been using the properties for short-term rentals. The Denver Muni- Municipal Code requires the owner or le- leaser that's not even, he didn't even spell that right, of a short-term rental to live at the home being rented as their primary residence. The DA's office said the following, that following an investigation led by Denver Police and the city's Department of Excise and Licenses, authorities learned the couple lives in Stapleton. However, the couple listed Alexander's primary residence as a home in Jefferson Park and Stacy's primary residence as a home in Berkeley. The DA's office said the Jefferson Park home had been operated as a short-term rental since 2013 and the Berkeley home since 2016. The couple turned themselves in to investigators. Both are charged with one count of attempting to influence a public servant. They will appear in court for their bond hearing on June 21st. So... Essentially, the entire story could have been wrapped up in those last last two two sentences. sentences. That's it. They are not being put on TV because they're running an illegal short-term rental scheme. Scheme. You cannot get arrested, folks, and be put in jail for it. Can the permit be pulled? Yes. Can you be fined? Yes. But are they arresting people because they're not following these laws? No. However, it sounds like this couple bribed or tried to get somebody to overlook um, something by in some fashion however they agreed or offered that we don't know the entire circumstances but they were arrested for that not for running an illegal scheme you know contrary to popular belief i did go to college and uh i was in the journalism school and ended up working for a tv news show all right this is not how you write an article at all especially when you put the most pertinent information in the last sentence both are charged with one account of tempting to influence a public servant that means that likely i'm just alleging that this is likely what happened was that they were presented with some sort of affidavit claiming that you know the city believes they do not live in these properties and they went back to the city possibly bribing them um to let it slide can't do that that's illegal but 
their rental scheme is not illegal. It's not illegal, people. Nope. Um, so illegally running a short-term rental scheme, what's a scheme? They're offering short-term rentals. That's not illegal at all. Nope. Um, let's see here. Through Airbnb. At Air- best, they're not following the regulations, but that's not illegal. That is simply not following regulations. And you get fined for that, and you get permits pulled for that, and those types of things. But again, you don't get arrested for that. And it says through Airbnb. They're trying to drag Airbnb into this because they know people search that. They know people use that a lot. They're trying to take Airbnb down. That's yep. what they're trying to do. Airbnb had nothing to do this. They nothing. bribed a public servant for running short term, uh, you know, in regards and to their short term And for all these rentals. people know they probably are on all sorts of different websites. Yep. If they were smart, they probably would be on VRBO and Booking.com and TripAdvisor. And this article is primarily about them not living somewhere as their primary residence. That's what the article is about. They're claiming that they... Their primary residences were in Jefferson Park and Berkeley, which are two neighborhoods, when they believe that, in fact, they live in Stapleton. That's not illegal. Um, You know, if they believe they live in Stapleton, that's their problem. Um, That's not what they did that was illegal. What they did that was illegal was bribing a public servant. No mention of their primary residence needed to be involved in this in nope. any way, shape, or form. Absolutely not. It It's atrocious, in, in my opinion, um, that they even put this article out. But um, we also don't know what their primary residency circumstances are. What if one of the couple does live there? What if they're having relationship problems and they actually do spend some time there and block off day? We don't know. And, and you know, the city's definition of primary residence is very loose. Um, and, and Yeah. How many days do I have to right. live there? Exactly. You don't tell me. Exactly. How many How many months do I have to live there? You don't tell me. No. Nope. So I can put any, any fucking place as my primary residence and there's no really time limit nope. on that. So how what are you to who are you to say that this couple doesn't use those properties as their primary residences during certain periods? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just it, the whole the whole situation is unfortunate, and it's just uh, a shame that uh, short term rentals get such a bad rap and and have to deal with this very obviously skewed uh news this reports is completely and, biased yep i'm sure that eric rubble got a nice paycheck from the city of denver for this one I huh he probably did um yeah. and that was so they could turn up the heat on everybody else it's hilarious because the video zara can you not Sorry, my dog. Uh, it's very funny because the video that is attached with it, they went to the row homes in Jefferson Park, I think, or in Berkeley, one of them, and interviewed the neighbor. Oh, really? Yes. And the neighbor was like, oh, it's great. I don't care. And they cut him off real real quick. Oh, Because they were all like, do you know there's an Airbnb? He goes, yeah, I see people. You know, I see some tenants, some Airbnb. I don't know. It's great. I don't mind. And then they cut him off real yeah, quick. Of course, because um, he didn't go in line with making it seem like the worst thing in the entire world living next to an Airbnb. Yeah. So uh, what you should gather from this is um, don't trust everything you believe in the news because it is absolutely biased. And I worked in the news, so I know a little bit about what goes in the news and what I was allowed to put and what I wasn't allowed to put. Um, so take everything with a grain of salt. Yep. And don't uh, there is a fake news servant. out there, folks. Fake news. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Trump was right. Fake news. <laughs> no, but this really is. I mean, it is fake news. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's no. ridiculous. I do believe there is fake news, um, and he's probably been impacted by that as well. So, Eric Rubble, if you'd like to come on here and we can interview you and maybe educate you on some of the 
She's shaking her head, but no, come on, buddy. We can interview you and educate you on maybe how to write an article. I can talk to some of my friends, um, you know, in the news world, and maybe they can teach you how to write an article. Um, that's not biased, and that isn't false. Um, but needless to say, don't uh, bribe a public servant. Yeah, All right? that's a no-no. That's illegal. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess that's all we have for today. That's it for today. Um, alrighty, guys. Well, thank you all so much. Remember, we're always looking for recommendations, people you want to have on, yep. uh, questions you have. You can hit us up on that's all of our, our social media. That's our turnover tell-all, our question and answer session. Yes. We need lots of questions for Or that to if in. there's a specific tip you want or whatever, just yep. let us know on all of our social media. It's all at Carla and Connor, C-A-R-L-A-A-N-D-C-O-N-N-E-R. Uh, you can watch this on YouTube, youtube.com slash Carla and Connor, or it'll be on Apple Podcasts, and you can check it out on there as well. Um, let us know if you guys have any possible guests you want to see on as well, or if you think you have an interesting story that you want to tell on the podcast, and we can Skype you in. Uh, let us know. Let us know. We'd love um, to have you. All right, guys. Them. What? Or them, their suggested guest, whatever that is. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Alrighty, guys, that's all for today. Take care. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>